So let's talk sketch, guys. Um, the kids are going to come at 9 a.m. on Saturday, and everyone's going to do Santa for two hours. So I would just advise everyone before you get in your costume to go to the bathroom so we can avoid what happened last year. It was just farts. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, the podcast where all throughout the holiday season, we've been watching and reviewing random Christmas episodes of television programs, old and new, to separate the Christmas classics from the lumps of coal. I'm Chris, and joining me today, as they've done for the previous 13 episodes of our podcast, are my co-hosts Brian, Season's greetings everybody, and John. Happy holidays? Slightly sinister and slightly confused, just the way we like it here. hey I didn't get the memo that we were <laughs> switching from saying hi wait wait what <laughs> well you, you we always just say hi i i know i was just i was just you know trying to throw a little pepper on it trying to trying to switch it up a little bit i mean this needs to be brought up at the co-hosts union banquet but it's okay oh boy well, at the banquet oh wow <laughs> the annual shareholders meeting yeah, yeah the christmas right. co- the christmas co-hosts banquet where none of us talk can talk because we have to wait for the other ones to talk <laughs> it's really awkward but you know the acceptance speeches are far more concise it's nice yeah it's really it's really good like you they get the intro and then they just get one we get one quip so true i mean we have this annual meeting and it somehow takes less to do that meeting that is supposed to sum up our whole year than most episodes of this podcast take it's really nice it's really efficient i mean you know every banquet every year should be something you aspire to. I think the amount of time this podcast saves people is really important because last week we saved them negative 40 minutes, right? Something, so like, something like that. Yeah, like that's that's like time that you need to waste. So yeah. we save you time by wasting time. Right, you're stuck in traffic, you're yeah. bored, you shouldn't be on your phone checking Facebook or what have you. You should be listening to something. Yeah. And why not listen to us? Yeah, you're stuck in traffic. You're stuck trying to get out of the mall when you're trying to get presents the same night everybody else is because they all got the babysitter on the same night and everyone's like, what the hell? Why is the mall so crowded? But it's like, yeah, everyone's got to get presents. So I hope that no adult is really like that. I hope the adults in there are, instead of going like, why is the mall like it? They're just going, fuck, 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 fuck. You lack enough retail experience to forget how dumb people are. Oh, right. I'm sorry. It's usually some form of like, oh man, busy night, or oh, why is it such a busy night? It's a Tuesday. I like the extra northern Wisconsin you threw on that. <laughs> oh, dude, whenever anyone is extra stupid, I bring out the real accent. Oh, good. Because I fully acknowledge there is no dumber accent than <laughs> northern Wisconsin slash UP. Oh, hey, did you guys see the Packers game this weekend? Oh, man, it's a, it's a nice day out. You know, hope we get out there on the boat and, uh, you know, just have a good time of it. Oh, man. You know, we were lucky we got the boat out early this year. The ice melted just enough. And uh, by golly, we got some trout in there. That was actually, that was very good. You learned well <laughs> in your time here. Yeah, I know. Uh, Minnesotan's very similar. It's just more pretentious. <laughs> yeah, Minnesotan, Minnesotan's a little more pretentious because you're, you're, like, your large city is something you really have to like. So, like, I've mostly killed how bad my accent like was growing up but like there's like a one word i can't not say without it and it's the uh the treat of northern wisconsin and up uh the the pasty and i can't not say it with the longest day in the world pasty 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 hey uh, you pasty there 
get yourself a Cornish pasty. A Cornish pasty? I like the mince meat and rutabaga ones, but you know, you can go with whatever you like. They even got dessert ones up there. Oh, they got some holiday <laughs> dessert ones up there? You got some, you got a tasty pasty for the Christmas Christmas time? Oh, it's, I, I, like a good, I like a good pasty, and they're inclusive. They even got veggie pasties for folks like me that get a little tummy ache when they eat the meats. <laughs> So just like an earlier episode when we were talking about Jeremy Renner in the town, I forgot that we had started recording the episode. <laughs> I thought we were just doing warm up again. Nope. This is the real thing that people are luckily not paying us for. Oh, man. Wait, wait. Follow me on this idea. A version of the town, but it like takes place on uh, East Green it takes place in East Green Bay. <laughs> I think I think that's called Fargo. No, no. It, it, I want it to be like this one block area has produced the world, like the like more. I'm trying to think of like what an aggressively northeast Wisconsin crime would be. Like, Stealing cheese curds. Like, Brought this has produced more drunken disorderlies than any other place in the United States. <laughs> Guitar riff just shows Jeremy Renner in a fucking. Packer jersey just pounding beers, going out there punching a guy in a Vikings jersey or something. Certainly oh, something that Jeremy Renner would do. Yeah. No. Yeah. I saw a post on that in his app once. I love the germ worm, but like, man, he's probably going to get pretty, pretty his behavior is going to get him pretty close to the like, Nick Cage, you got to say yes to stuff to rehab your image situation real quick here. <laughs> oh yeah. Once he hits that 50 mark. And that uh, Marvel money runs out. Because, like, you don't you don't recover from the Jeep ad and the failed app. Ooh. And the band. <laughs> Actually, let me Google. How's Jeremy Renner's band doing? Do you want to know if they're going to keep going? Because, yes, because he has Marvel money. Do you want to know if they should keep going? No. Oh, boy. No, they shouldn't. You know what I would be down for, though? America's dual sweethearts, Aubrey Plaza and Jeremy Renner, in a future film together. It's a nice rom-com. I do not think that they would have good chemistry. I know they wouldn't, but I want it because I love. <laughs> I I just want a movie of people I like. <laughs> and if there's a female love interest in that film, it's Aubrey Plaza. No offense, blonde girl from from dorm life. You can still DM me if you want. Please want to. <laughs> well, if John's brought up Aubrey Plaza, I'm gonna use that as an opportunity to transition yes 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 to what oh we started the podcast yeah (laughs) yep still still started what we're here for (laughs) still doing it as as much as we like to just think that oh it's just three guys casually talking about jeremy renner and uh figuring out how his music career is doing we're actually here to do the podcast thing where we watch a random episode of christmas television and talk about it and decide what we think about it. Maybe we should do that about the episode we watched for today, huh? Oh, yeah, sure. We could try it, but Jeremy Renner's not into it, and I'm less interested based on that, but I'll give it a go. Well, we'll see what we can do to bring you back around on it. (laughs) Yeah, it's got a younger Chris Pratt in it, and a less popular Aubrey Plaza. I think she's, like, still popular. This is, like, I think her peak popularity, like, where she starts, like, just kind of getting whatever... Like, all of her, like, weird indie movies start making people watch them because she's just so fucking likable in this that people watch Safety Not Guaranteed and that weird movie about witches. She was in a movie about witches? 
Yeah, the the little hours. It's uh, not good. Oh, that one. Not good. Huh. No, not a it's good not. Movie. Not. It should be good. It has the talent to be good. It should. Does not yeah. Turn out good. Just so bad. It's got everybody in it. It's got Dave Franco. It's got Nick Offerman. I think it's got Sherry O'Terry in it. It has a uh, Kate McCucci and uh, <laughs> Allison Brie. <laughs> Wait, aren't they nuns in that movie? Yeah, yeah they're nuns. But th- it's, don't worry about witches. I didn't spoil right. anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? Like, listen, man, loose cannon. Come on. Uh, you're not going to watch that movie. You're not going to go on Amazon and pay $5. Yeah. Movie. You're not as stupid as me. Okay. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm certainly not as stupid as you because I'm pretty sure it was streaming for free somewhere. You do not know how much, how deep my Aubrey Plaza crush was, man. I watched all the Aubrey Plaza things. Oh, I've even seen that, like, also pretty average movie about her as a teenager despite clearly being like 29 what did you think (laughs) of her monologue and uh performance hosting the spirit awards on ifc this year i didn't watch that i've i've kind of i've softened on her oh okay cool i don't know that anyone's replaced her i think i'm just too cynical to have a celebrity crush anymore because i'm old (laughs) (laughs) at a certain point it gets weird yeah Mm -hmm. and you know what that age your very late 20s and into being 30. Yup. <laughs> so let's have a moment of silence for celebrity crushes of years gone by. You want to do a yeah. you want to do a quick round robin of celebrity crushes. First celebrity crush, go. Like first one ever, the Pink Ranger like everyone our age. Yeah, Pink Ranger. Pink Ranger was good. Uh, anyone from the Spice Girls because I was young. Mine was Mandy Moore. Oh, buddy. Dude, I was going to say, I was, I was a weird contrarian kid, so it was Mandy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, we should probably, it's been a while, we should probably break this episode down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that's a good idea. If you haven't been able to guess by all the celebrity name dropping we've been doing, today, the episode selector has gifted us with... Christmas Scandal from Parks and Recreation. Yay. This is the 12th episode of season two, and it originally aired on December 10th, 2009. So we just missed its 10-year anniversary of airing. And you can find it on almost every streaming service, which makes it a little unique. Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu all carrying it if you'd like to watch it for yourself. Just everybody loves that Parks and Recs, man. Yeah, it must have some really loose licensing deal. I mean, you got NBC over here trying to lock down uh, The Office real hard, and they're just giving away Parks and Rec to everyone for free. Well, Parks and Rec is like The Office, but watched by more likable people. Yeah. Did you boys (laughs) get into The Office hardcore in, like, uh, high school? I think we've done this before, but The Office blows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've covered this ground, but I was like the biggest office proponent when it was on the air pretty much up until the end of the season where Steve Carell left. And then after that, I was off the boat and have just become increasingly yeah. annoyed by it ever since. Oof. I think I was kind of OK with the first season and I know everyone hates it, but like I think the idea of having an unlikable mean boss is correct and making him like dumb but nice doesn't work because that's too much actually like having a boss 
<laughs> so. You want TV shows to take you out of your reality. Yeah, man. Like, let your boss be the fucking villain. That's like yeah. what the point of The Office was, at least the British one, but whatever. Whatever. If you have an office quote on Tinder, I'm left swiping you. It's not a huge loss for you, but that's a rule I live by. Oh, yes. Also, also PSA, liking The Office is not a personality trait. So I'm going to just knock out half of everyone in their early 20s pretend personalities. We get you smoke weed and like The Office. Now, what if, John, what if they have a 30 Rock quote? I mean... Sure, I won't recognize it. I guess I didn't really watch that much Thirty Rock, but whatever. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't watch much Thirty Rock. You got two ears and a heart, though, don't you? <laughs> Chris gets it. Yeah. Ew. Well, let's let. Come on, we've 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 false started like four times now. I know. What this is, this is this is our worst run yet. Fuck you. It's great. This is when we're at our best. Yeah, are we hitting that ten? Are we hitting that last ten minute energy in the first ten minutes? Maybe. Who knows? Ooh, forty minutes of the last ten. All right. If you haven't had a chance to watch this episode, though, here's a little bit about what happened. The Parks and Rec crew is in charge of the Pawnee Holiday Follies, but when Leslie makes fun of a local councilman's string of scandals in a skit, it sets up a chain of events that disrupts everyone's plans. Turns out that Leslie's skit hit a little too close to home, and to cover up his misdeeds, the councilman leans into the press's speculation that his scandal involves an affair with Leslie. This sidelines her involvement with normal work activities, putting the rest of the team on a mission to cover her extensive to-do list. The press coverage spirals out of control, leading to a confrontation between Leslie and the councilman on a local news program. However, Leslie is able to expose his lies by showing her moleless butt on live TV. She's able to rejoin her co-workers to light the town Christmas tree and return to her normal duties. Now, there's a lot of different ways we could start this. One is uh, I'm going to give most people an out right away, which is by saying Louis C.K. is uh, heavily involved in this episode. Heavily is probably not the right term, but he is involved uh, as a guest star. So if you're like, hey, I already know how I feel about this episode now, you can turn this off and join us in two days for when we cover what's next or you know skip to the last 10 minutes when we'll be done talking about the episode itself and allow me the sweet in the pot for you you get louis ck talking about relationships with women aziz ansari giving dating advice and chris pratt talking about gay people so you know strong trifecta <laughs> been a tough 10 years for this episode whoa whoa hold on a second what do you mean what, what, what about the chris pratt bit Oh, he's not a. He's like aggressively into the Jesus stuff and says some things he shouldn't sometimes. Oh, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I I don't know enough to to speak with any authority on Chris Pratt's feelings specifically. All I know is that he is a very strong supporter of a church that is aggressively homophobic. Good to know. Thank you, boys. Yes, that's what we're here for. Social education. Yes, there's your social justice tip of the week. But if you, like, dig separating, like, art and the artist or whatever, I mean, it's fun. You can have fun. Yeah, I mean, your your mileage may vary. And again, he's he's in, like, two scenes of this episode in what is ostensibly wrapping up a ongoing plot line from the series where he w- his character was dating Leslie, and they pretty much just kind of shuffle him off in this episode to no 
great avail or heartbreak. So, you know, you could you could still get a little something out of this uh, if, to John's point, you can partition that part of the episode. He gives, like, a weird performance so you can enjoy that he's not a good actor and, I guess, like, be like, oh, people, like, we're into Louie? And then remember, just remember the good times before you ruined everything. Yeah, really. I mean, because... Honestly, when this first came out, it's like, oh, this is kind of charming, bumbling, earnest cop boy. And now you're just like, dude, who are you trying to fool? Yeah, get out of here, Louie. Get out of here, Louie. Get out of here, Louie. So to start talking about this episode, I think we can start with a big question. Uh, and maybe we this would be better saved for the end, but who gives a shit at this point? Do we think political scandals and Christmas mix? Uh, kinda? Yeah, why not, man? I don't see why not. Let's go with it. Right. Like, anything can be a Christmas episode if you're determined. Point in case. Uh, Gilmore Girls. That was a bad example. <laughs> I'm not really sure what your example was there, to be honest. We get, a, we get a lot of, like, dead dad Christmas episodes, so I guess it's refreshing to have a nice politics Christmas. That's not, like, important politics, which is nice. Right. You know? That's good. People fuck on Christmas. Isn't that, like, one of, the, like, the highest birth rates is in, like, September for that reason? So, like, you uh-huh. know? There you go. You know, that's an episode about fucking. And that's cool. <laughs> I think that's a t-shirt. People fuck on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Significant others. People you just met. Cactuses. Chris. <laughs> Listen, like, people you just You're going to meet another sad person on Christmas. And then you know who, you know who's there for them? You're sad ass. There you yeah. go. Single Christmas. Prey on emotional instability, I guess. I don't know. Don't be Louis C.K. Or is he Zen? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> There's a lot in this episode of what not to do. Ever. I mean, not in this episode. This episode, the people behave okay. Who's not a role model? These two people. Also, who's not a role ma- model? Councilman Deckard. That guy's voice, though. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. My issue with the episode lies within the councilman because, like, everything else seemed to be, like, reasonably within the real world. Even the old lady at the uh, town hall meeting was like, I found a sandwich in the park the other day, and I want to know why there was so much mayonnaise on it. Not enough mayonnaise, actually. <laughs> that, that, that got a... Uh... I got a pretty good chuckle. But then, like, he started, ha- like, talking about his stuff. And he was like, I had sex with four nurses in a janitor's closet and did this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, this is this is breaking the, the suspension of disbelief a little bit, guy. Uh, I don't know, man. Small town hot's a thing, for sure. <laughs> well, and I, I also, I almost go in the opposite direction, which is... The beauty of this show was always that it heightened the absurdity of small town and, in some ways, larger American politics. And I think we've gotten to a point where the stuff that this guy is saying and getting away with, not so absurd anymore, you know? not I don't think it's that outside the realm of uh, what's possible and what's what's relatable. It's fairly unlikely you fuck four nurses at once, though, but... Maybe they all need stress relief and homies just slinging a salami. I don't know. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) just got Just got a tube. But, like, he's, like, a weird-looking dude, but, like, small-town hot happens. You know, your population breaks one direction or another. You're occasionally going to get a town where it's, like, 70% really hot girls and 
20% good-looking dudes, and you know what? You're going to get some doofy-looking things happening at that point. And you know what? That's happening in Pawnee, and frankly, good for them. You know, you're not going to believe this, but I read it on Reddit that the reason so many, like, attractive nurses go to small towns is because a hospital needs a lot of nurses, and that's just where they go. What? (laughs) I don't know. I'm kind of tired right now. So what you're saying is, is if you live in a town full of uggos, (laughs) your best shot is going to the hospital? (laughs) Your best shot is to start a hospital, Chris. Oh, to start a hospital. Because apparently Brian is going to start a hospital slash brothel of some sort. I am a married (laughs) man, thank you very much. A brothel. You're not not saying you have to fuck your employees, dude. He's just saying you're going to operate a sex work dungeon. (laughs) Jesus Uh. Christ. (laughs) Uh, That's what I heard. Oh, oh, yeah. Are we starting our own scandal now? Are we starting this own (laughs) podcast scandal? Well, I've never heard such accusations before, and it's absolutely uh, irrevocable. I can't speak tonight. Jesus. The only way you could disprove it is by proving you have a mole on your left buttock. Oh, I'll show you my ass right now. Much like simulcasting a holiday tree lighting on internet radio. Not the best medium. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for picking up on the parallel in that joke. Dude, the best part of this episode is the raccoons, for reference, too. (laughs) (laughs) Not this town, honey. Raccoons are 24-7, and they're going to hunt the children for sport. Ron Swanson had two great moments, which was one laughing at the woman who was complaining about the sandwich and two <laughs> talking about how the raccoons were going to hunt children for sport. I also really liked turtle flu, turtle flu, turtle flu, <laughs> turtle flu. I'm worried about turtle flu. It's funny for us because like swine flu was a thing when we were in college around this time. Yeah, dog. I was, I was there for that quarantine. Stayed in a swine flu quarantine curl. <laughs> They had to shut down a dorm our freshman year in college because there's swine flu on it. That's a real thing that happened. Did they? Yeah. Was that Madlore? No, it was the girls. It was no, it was Sensenbrenner, wasn't it? Oh, it was Sensenbrenner. Yeah, it was the girls' dorm, I think. <laughs> and if you were coming from an area with a swine flu outbreak, they like pre-quarantined you. Jesus. It, <laughs> it was some real 1984 shit in a college dorm. <laughs> Dude, I ran a I ran a dorm where there was like a flu outbreak, and it was not fun. Holy shit, it sucks. Everybody's just sick and throwing up all the time. How much poop did people have to clean up? How much poop did you have to clean up, Brian? Personally, none. I didn't have to clean up any. Mm, that's a bad leader. To continue with the Parks and Rec references, how many people were spending a lot of time just staring into the mirror going, Stop pooping! <laughs> <laughs> I just love that that's how Rob Lowe is going to be remembered. I don't, I don't actually know what you're referencing. Oh, it's look up Rob Lowe, stop pooping, and uh, yeah, he's on a what's his diet that he's on? Oh, he goes on a juice fast, right? I think he's on a juice fast, and then he gets the flu. He definitely gets the flu. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, that is a good clip. I just remember that clip because when me and me and our my old roommate and uh, frequent podcast guest, uh, or pre- frequent podcast mentioned Tony, went on our juice fast when we lived together. That was just a gift we sent to each other. Once a day. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because there's so much pooping. <laughs> Were you shredding the ready bud? It's <laughs> a beautiful thing about friendship there. And what better episode <laughs> what? to talk about friendship than Parks and Rec, which features right. a beautiful non-lesbian friendship. 
a beautiful non-lesbian friendship. Also a beautiful... There was a lot of this episode that I was pretty meh about, but the one kind of sweet part is April and Andy's little C-plot. I'd say it's a D-plot. It's hardly... It, yeah, it's, it's literally two scenes, which is her... Well, three, I guess. It's her asking what she should get a friend for Christmas, then asking Andy, you know, what he would like, and then getting it for him. And he's very excited about it. And I just thought that was really... Really sweet little thing. I think I remember seeing in an interview, too, with Audrey Plaza that, like, that was the episode where they decided that, oh, wait, they have chemistry. Let's make them love interests. And uh, I forgot about it until I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, all right, that is good. And it's when she was walking away from Andy the first time, she kind of looks at the camera and smiles, like, a little bit, and then it's like, nope, I'm out of here. It's a good time. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think that's that was the thing that you see in this episode is you know, we talked about The Office having a rough first season. Parks and Rec has an incredibly rough first season. And it's really the second season where it really works out all the kinks. But you can see them still working some of those kinks out in this episode. I think things are running pretty smoothly. And there's a lot that you recognize from when the show is at its peak about what works about the show. But I think there's still just like... There's a little too much plot happening. There's a good amount of jokes, but probably not as many as it's hitting at its peak. And you're missing those crucial elements that show up at the end of the season, which are Adam Scott and and Rob Lowe, which really help elevate everything. You didn't like, uh, what's his name, something, Schneider? Uh, Schneider, old old Mark Brandanowitz. Ah. Ah. Local legend Mark Brandanowitz. I mean, season one had I fell into the pit, which empirically <laughs> slaps. Uh, <laughs> I think is season one Little Sebastian too. No, that's that might not even be till season three. No, because it's like full on mouse rat existing. So yeah, it's like later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I kind of like that the the show like opens with like the idea that Chris Pratt isn't gonna charm the fuck out of America. And he's kind of like a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even think he was supposed to be in the show past the first season. Like, I think he was originally just like a guest star or a recurring role, and then I think they realized that they kind of had a talent there that they could take more advantage of if they tweaked a little bit how he was positioned in the show. Because yeah, he originally he was Anne's you know, crappy boyfriend. Uh, the show kind of does that a lot, though, because I remember seeing an interview where Aubrey Plaza talked about getting the show, and it was like, they had her in for an audition, liked her, obviously didn't have a part for her, and they were just like, hey, you guys got to come see this girl. She says really mean things to everyone. And they just had her, like, insult people for 30 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, ah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, so I think they just kind of like, ah, just whoever's funny, except for Jerry. Whatever works. Except for Jerry. What are you talking about? Jerry gets a line in every now and then. It's great. No, Jerry doesn't get to talk. <laughs> Jerry had a line. He had the one line about the Santa. So I was just farting. <laughs> it was just I was farts. Being, I was being mean to Jerry because the show is mean to Jerry. I was trying oh, to right. do, the, do, do the bit. I was trying to appease both of you and failed. I haven't seriously watched Parks and Recreation ever. Oh, I I like Parks and Rec quite a quite a bit. Oh, it was yeah. one of my it was one of my happy time shows. I've gathered that both of you watch Parks and Rec quite a bit. 
I do. I probably rewatch. I don't rewatch it every year, but I probably rewatch it every like two or three years. Okay. Okay. Because it's very bingeable and it's yeah, very it's, funny. It's very consumable. It's like relatively relatively smart. I don't think I can rewatch it in light of recent events. But yeah, that's that's the one thing. It's like it outside of some bad casting choices that have not aged well. Like I think that this show ages a lot better and is more rewatchable than The Office. Like The Office, I can't watch anymore because I'm just like to to what you were saying, John. Like Michael Scott's just a shitty person, and like this, like I don't find it amusing. And the fact that these people are putting up with it and we're supposed to find it endearing doesn't work for me, where I think the relationships on Parks and Rec are a lot less problematic, even though some of the actors are. I think Parks and Rec, or The Office, is um, really fun until you work in an office. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, those people exist. It's like, oh, I actually hate that guy. Like, I literally work for Michael Scott to a degree. <laughs> a, a wide majority of my day is managing that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, Well, and my, I guess my other issue is, too, is that a lot of the jokes in The Office, it seems now, just boil down to, oh, that's harassment. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, again, with Parks and Rec, you don't, I, I don't think you have that much of an issue when simply examining the workplace environments. I think like that's kind of benefits from the des- some of the designs. Like a lot of the Parks and Rec characters are like aggressively kind of like cartoons, except for like Anne, right? Like they're like an idea of like what a person like Leslie Nope is like this like hardline idealistic left winger before that could be considered an aggressive thing, and like Ron Swanson's just like a hardline libertarian idea, but like care like made a character curve so it's not offensive, but like. When you're like your characters that are like dictating the pace of the show are like, I would never say something bad about it, and the show's smart enough not to make fun of that. And like Ron Swanson is not, could not imagine being offended by anything because it is none of his business. That's one of my favorite things on Twitter is whenever like someone tweets at Nick Offerman because he's you know he's pretty liberal, and so they like tweet at him and be like, Ron Swanson would never say you know the government should take away our guns, and he's always just like. Ron Swanson was a man who had a lot of common sense, so why don't you shut the hell up? It's really a show about how we all could get along, you know, if we weren't monsters. (laughs) I mean, there is that caveat, yeah. I like this bit, and I'm really sad when it goes away, but I really love um, April, like, as a character being, like, way into, like, drugs (laughs) and stuff, and just, like... Like, a rebel youth that goes to community college and is, like, failing, but she's, like, Leslie's intern who Leslie thinks super highly of. Because they have that line in here where it's, like, April, ultimate, like, ultimately not worth your virginity. <laughs> and she just, she just looks <laughs> just at the camera, like, look. uh... <laughs> that, like, that happens, like, once an episode and it always rules. Yeah. Get that good purred happily. Fucking love purred happily, man. <laughs> her, her ultimate aspiration at that point in the show was... I just want to see if I could seduce Purd happily. I mean, we all want to see if we can seduce somebody, okay? Yeah, but Purd. Purd's the man. <laughs> Purd is the man. He's got a great voice. Chris, would you would you would you try to seduce Joan? Ooh, would I try and seduce Joan? I under what circumstances? If I needed to, just to see if you could. Just to see if I could. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's that hard to seduce Joan. Is I think it's part of her character. That's fair. Yeah, that is the design of that character. Yeah. Hey Brian, how included do you feel right now? So included right now. Well, yeah. So Brian, let's let's talk about that for a minute. I mean, you you say you haven't really watched much Parks and Rec. We always like to take a minute on this podcast to to mention since it's a Christmas themed episode how accessible was it for you to to kind of dive into i mean i thought it was pretty successful you get a real clear sense of like the 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 hierarchy of everything uh almost from the right after the cold open okay leslie nope's an important person and uh you know all these people are just kind of like supporting her and just doing their job or whatever and i thought it was fine i didn't feel too lost it wasn't like there was anything like too crazy relationshipy going on in the episode either, so that was good. It was a pleasant, enjoyable experience for me. Yeah, I will say having having not watched the episode in a while, the only thing that really threw me for a loop was when Louis C.K. popped up because I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about this. It's kind of like my annual tradition of watching Lethal Weapon and then getting <laughs> unpleasantly reminded when Mel Gibson calls Danny Glover a derogatory term for a homosexual and i'm always like ah you know mel gibson already a stretch including this in my holiday viewing and then yeah damn. you know what's nice about this episode is it already brings as you said sorry full circle because he's already insult- insulting liberals in it so hey <laughs> i i saw the louis ck guest credit in the beginning of the episode i just kind of had that moment Oh, I wonder what's going on here. Cause I didn't, I had no idea what his role was going to be. And then it started talking about the, the sex scandals. Like, Oh fuck. He's a councilman. <laughs> oh, this isn't good. <laughs> this is not so going to be an enjoyable experience with foresight being what it is. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it, it, there are ways this show is oddly prophetic. I think about the trouble. Some of the people in it eventually get into, but I think that the whole Christmas scandal part of it does one really good Christmas thing, which which I, I thought overall this episode didn't do the best job. Even though we have like this winter festival and I thought the beginning did kind of a, a, a pretty good job of trying to get you into this Christmas spirit with that whole Christmas follies little skit thing. Um, but then it kind of felt a little wishy-washy the rest of the time. But the one kind of thematic thing, I think, is that for Leslie, like, her job is Christmas every day. Like, that is her ultimate childlike dream and excitement comes from her job. And I think this job did a good job of, uh, this episode did a good job of communicating the idea of that sometimes we get a little disillusioned with Christmas, just like, Leslie gets disillusioned with her job when things kind of start to go wrong. So I think, you know, especially when we get really hyped up about stuff and things don't really go the way we expect them to around the holidays, we kind of get disillusioned with how how much we like them. And I think this episode did a good job kind of paralleling that. Hey, oh, fuck the holidays still, though. This episode did a great job of setting up a Christmas-themed episode and then just decides to say, fuck it, and go to the wayside with it completely, which is disappointing. Yeah, it's it's something that they never really seem to get a grasp on, which I think, you know, 
you can tell from the number of Christmas episodes that are done throughout the show's run. You know, again, not to keep comparing it to The Office, but The Office had a Christmas episode, I think, almost every season it was on the air, I think maybe except one or two. And Parks and Rec, I think, was on for seven seasons and only did two or three Christmas episodes total. I think there's, and I think this is the most explicitly Christmas episode. The other ones are, Christmas is very much in the background and only mentioned maybe towards the beginning or the end of those episodes. I think yeah. it's super fair to compare them because I think they run really parallel to each other. Like as far as like they were on at the same time, even, mm-hmm. you know, all that good fun stuff. Like that's fair to make comparisons to them. And I think it's because Parks and Rec succeeds when it's doing Pawnee things, when it's just like making up a Pawnee day. It's like really successful because everyone, I I don't know. I assume if you're coastal, you're probably your mindset of what the Midwest is like is like every day is a little Sebastian festival day. <laughs> so I think it like it's successful there. It's like look at these fucking weirdos, the r- r- giant bear raccoons, fucking <laughs> dorks. Then like the office is like designed to just be like, oh, office Christmas isn't that bad. <laughs> like you know. Yeah, I th- I think I think you make a good point that there's. The Office is a little more inherently built for a relatable idea of the holiday Christmas party. Uh, the Office Christmas party, excuse me. And you you can't ground your local government comedy in the same in the same way. You you don't have that all around relatable event that everyone can be like, oh yeah, and go back to that well every year. Mm. We did it. We solved TV guys. <laughs> Yay! Hire us. Hire us. We yes. can do good things for your show. Hire us to write a new Digimon plot. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Script Doctors. <laughs> God, I would love to be a script doctor. <laughs> I, writing things writing things from scratch is so hard, but man, fixing something bad someone else has already written. <laughs> I could kick ass at that job. Oh, I'd be good. I would do it like whenever I used to write frequently. It would just end really sad every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a little little note here, John. I noticed you fixed the script to uh that Pam dies. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh man. Yeah, I felt it needed just to go awful. there though. Yeah. Um <laughs> she's she's contracted for another three seasons. Well, I guess you can have her in flashbacks. Yeah, man. <laughs> It'll be more impactful, man. Get to watch him moving on. Well, let me let me show you my next script where Jim goes crazy and starts seeing Pam as an illusion <laughs> of his mental state. Netflix, give me five dollars and like a decent budget. Let me remake The Office. Hey, if it's always sunny, could film a pilot for three hundred bucks. We can reboot The Office with this concept for five. Well, if we're going to reboot the, this guy, I don't think we should reboot The Office where Jim sees Pam. I think we should reboot Full House <laughs> where Bob Saget has gone insane. Hell yes. I think that's going to drum up more interest because it's already an idea people enjoy. Wait, a prequel where his wife is dying. Ugh. Oh. We could do it. We could make oh. it so dark. We can oh. push through this. We'll call it. Not so full house. Yeah, well, 
it's just it's just one episode is just 30 minutes of bob saget staring into a camera drinking scotch <laughs> it's gonna be called full house colon empty heart oh or like or that. we Ooh. just i would love to have a show of just bob saget and we call it empty house and you just take <laughs> you just take old episodes of full house and you digitally remove everyone else that he talks to <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever um have you guys ever looked up Garfield without Garfield? That's exactly what I was thinking yeah. about. Oh, Dude, Garfield Garfield without Garfield is among the best things on the internet. I haven't looked at it in like ten years. I assume it still rules. There's also uh, I think there's one called Three Panel Peanuts where they take they, they just chop off the last panel of every Peanuts cartoon and there's so like you you're always missing the punchline and it's kind of fucked up. It's really funny. Because it's just oddly like it's it's like the depressive part of Charles Schultz without the sweet redeeming part of it. It's like my character on the podcast. Hey. (laughs) Well, now I've looked up both of these things and they're great. Dude, you'll get some like occasional Garfield without Garfield where like John just sounds like he wants to die. Yeah. And it's like, it's pretty good. It's pretty real. Get some real good existential dread vibes. <laughs> real, real quick, it's called Three Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. I mean, I mean, same. Okay. Oh, that was a, that was that was fifty minutes of ten minutes, huh? <laughs> Something oh, like boy. that. But uh, before yeah. we get to see what we can do with the real last ten minutes, let's give our ratings on this episode. And as always, we only have three different ways we classify an episode. One, Christmas classic. Two, pair of socks. And three, a lump of coal. John, I'm going to have you start today. Unless you don't want to because it's your choice. Hey, thank you for letting me choose. That You're a gracious host and a good friend. And it's a lump of coal. I think you can vote with your dollar. And in this case, like, whatever, like, advertising, like, revenue and, like, statistics. Um, this episode has particularly unsavory people in it. I don't think you need to consume that. If you want to watch Parks and Rec, that's cool. Um, I would say start watching once Adam Scott's on, and you'll have a cooler time. Brian, what do you think? Oh, sorry, I was yawning. Um, <coughs> and that's kind of... <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and that's just kind of how I felt about this episode. I mean, I thought it was fine. Like John said, unsavory people are in it that have not aged well but you know there's still some beats to it that are fun and if you want to just cut it down to the five minutes total that involve christmas then you got a real nice real nice pair of socks i'm gonna go with john and i'm gonna say lump of coal i and i say that as someone who really loves parks and rec uh i i just i don't think that this really works as a christmas episode all that well I think there's too many unsavory people and you don't need to spend your time watching this um, even more so than anything else. I mean, honestly, I would say go watch that ER episode before watching this because. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. I went too far here now. I get it. That's like the that's like a elite bad level of TV. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to go on the record real quick, two boys. I want to say like I'm not saying this is a nice pair of socks. I'm saying it's just like a, it's like a it's a it's a pair of Hanes. 
you know it's the socks that you've had for five years and should probably replace but they're comfortable enough they're home socks man they're home socks for doing for doing tom cruise slides exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i think this episode like obviously like me and chris like really like parks and rec and you can kind of hear us talking about it um what but yeah right uh but like the fact that we had to spend a lot of time like circle talking the issue with the cast um kind of i think loom it like loomed over us doing the podcast of it it like looms watching it so if you're like sensitive to that just don't just like, you yeah. don't have to do it i i think even on top of that too that this episode just there was too much happening in this episode it's 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 a recurring problem that we are finding with these Christmas episodes that like you could totally extricate Louis CK from the plot of this episode. And it would, I think breathe a little bit easier because there's just between the April and Andy stuff. We mentioned the everyone else trying to do Leslie's job, Leslie trying to, you know, deal with the, the, the Deckard thing. Like there's just too much and none of it, Part again, there's some really solid one-liners in it as we've been quoting to each other throughout this episode, but I don't think it I don't think it works all that well when you put it all together. They use the bit of like everyone has to do Leslie's job and like it's hard a lot. Like that's like a recurring bit they go to. Oh yeah. So like that I don't know needed to be in there. I don't know if it needed to be in there or whatever. Because sometimes they have her do something weird and then also doing your job but like i guess you need something for everybody to do yeah i think some way to you need some way to get those sweet raccoon actors on screen that is true as a as a fellow as a as a man who identifies a little bit with raccoons sure i'm into it (laughs) representation show me what i can be on screen but (laughs) it's just i don't know they just like do these like recurring plot moments like this is like every every like they, like, have Andy and April flirt for, like, five seasons, <laughs> like, the same way. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right. I mean, the, the wow, Leslie does a lot in her job is a plot point, a well that they go back to a couple times throughout the series run. And I think they do a better job handling it than they do here, so. The March, the March 31st episode fucking slaps. So, like, where, like, he has to, do, like, Ron has to actually do his job or whatever. And he, like, complains to Leslie about it. That's cool. That's this, but better. Yeah, there's one where she gets put on administrative leave for, like, two weeks or something because of her relationship with Ben. Pick up all the pieces. It, that that one is better. Again, it's it's just later in the show's run where, honestly, you know, you said wait until Adam Scott and Rob Lowe show up. You could probably start with the episode after this one, and you'd be in pretty good shape to 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 pick up because you got louis ck out of here you probably have you know it's episode 12 there's probably a decent break here where the writers kind of reset and then really finally worked out all the kinks that they've been working to work out up to this point so like to my memory louis ck was just on this because that was like right when louis was like the best show on tv yeah it was almost like like right before even like i feel like or very simultaneously. Like, he was just, like, what, regardless, he was, like, the biggest name in comedy thing. Yeah. When you had to, like, buy his fucking specials on his website for way too much money. 
<laughs> Wasn't it like five bucks? Dude, no, it was like thirty in oh. two thousand ten when the internet sucked. <laughs> so like that was happening. And like he was just he was like a big deal so there. I'm sure it was because that show, like I said, wasn't super I I like the first season. Like, I don't know. Like there was I guess there the, was actually the, uh there was actually he had a Christmas episode that I before all the stuff came out about him, I watched very regularly on the holiday season because I really liked it. But I obviously do not watch it anymore. Nor do I recommend anyone else watch it because as John said, speak with your, your dollars and your views and don't so don't support monsters, man. Yeah. And I think that's a good a place as any to end our conversation about Parks and Rec and Louis C.K. So That was a that was a different last ten minutes, guys. Yes. That was, was. That was a very was, woke last was, ten minutes. It was a little a little uh, bit different. But let me just let me just just get it real quick here. Uh Jeremy Renner, Digimon, Cactus. Wanna go watch Clute? Killed it. There we go. <laughs> Got them all. But, of course, before we can start watching Clute, we need to finish up watching all the Christmas episodes we promised you guys we'd be watching this holiday season. So who'd like to know what we're watching next? Oh, please. Dear Lord, yes. Well, fire up your flash players as we reach the three-quarters mark of our journey because we're watching presents from Homestar Runner. Hell yeah. Homestarrunner.net. It's dot com. (laughs) Ready to watch three friends stretch as long as they can. <laughs> Another 10 minutes into 50 minutes. <laughs> Let's just go to homestarrunner.com right now. Holy God. Does it still work? It does. Oh. Well, you can probably find it there, or you can find it streaming on YouTube if you want to watch it before we talk about it. You should. It'll be fun. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's less than 10 minutes. So, you know, you can find that time. Follow the principal rule. There's no bad 10-minute thing. <laughs> Fucking 10 minutes, you loser. You're not going to run a mile during it. Don't lie to yourself or us. What? <laughs> so, are you, Are you Brian? Are you going to take a run instead of watching this? Uh, Man, that's I think so. No. Yeah, I didn't think so, dude. I didn't think so. Yeah. Man, we're like... Yeah. We're, yeah. Our, we're all in like at our late 20s and 30s. Who's got that time? Yeah. If you want to tell us... How fast you can run a mile, you can email us at yuletidetv at gmail.com or post your times and Christmas-themed <laughs> running routes to our Instagram and Twitter at yuletidetv. Is that a thing? Sure, why not? Yeah, let's have like a... If anybody can do a GPS map in like the shape of any Christmas cookie cutter, we will shout out on the podcast because yeah, that, that's, that's really all we're capable po- of doing. Yeah, point. That's pretty metal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, show us show us your best Christmas Christmas cookie running routes, and we will highlight them on our social channels and possibly in a special bonus episode. Yeah. I will, I'll do one like with you guys, but mine's gonna be small because <laughs> I can't. I'm I'm not going more than two miles, but I'll do. I want to do a dinosaur, uh, like a like a, a bront, brontosaurus. I'm gonna do this really uncomfortable, weird-looking little angel one that my mom uses all the time because I want a nice non-secular Christmas. So I'm gonna just run, run the weird angel route that I don't like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna try a tree. 
That's a lot of turning, dog. It's a lot, it of, sharp, a lot of turning. It's a lot of sharp angles. It's a lot of sharp turns. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm working on my 40s. So. Oh, you know where you should come? Ooh. Out here to Madison. Because we got we got everything to converges on the capital. So you can you can take some of those sharp angles. What? That's probably going to be a Why little better for uh, some type of star. Uh, want to want to run it together, but at my pace. <laughs> yeah, my pace yeah. isn't good. So yeah, what? Cool. Why? What do you yeah, guys Brian, come in, dude. I run like fucking eight minute miles if I'm trying my best. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's where I, that's probably where I'd be at at this point. Sub and sub ten, not, but that is not, not for better. long. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not a long time. That is. I'm that doing is like, I'm doing eight forty eights, guys. We're all in the same wheelhouse. Oh, I could probably manage an eight forty eight. I think that would hurt a little bit, but I could I could get there. I I can get you that for one. <laughs> all right, all right, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, right. no, guys, these these cookie cutters don't have to be twenty miles long. Oh yeah, no, we're you, not encouraging that in any way, shape. You or just got to get it's the gonna GPS be, map. It's cold out. You know what? Wear your fitness motivators. Run a cookie cutter. Run a cookie cutter a day. You know, don't do it every day. That's bad for your knees. Do it every like three. There you go. Get on the cookie cutter fitness system. <laughs> available on our patreon right yeah. <laughs> it's three miles every other day it, with the cookies it's, it's the eat a cookie run a cookie program <laughs> yes that is it thank you chris for getting there more efficiently oh. than i did yes that's why he's got the mark that's why he works in marketing baby i feel like we've been yeah. circling that for a while so there we Probably. go appreciate it yeah all right well until next time i've been chris i've been brian i'm still john we are very glad you're all still alive Playbell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com. I'm going to do that again because I said it's a loader. <laughs> did, did I? Uh, selector. Yeah. I'm a selector of a selector of a selector. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'm a selector, I'm a survivor. No, I want Arcade Fire. Ain't gonna give up, gonna keep on selecting.